If you're applying to PA school in the 2024-2025 cycle, then I need you to know about our Pre-PA Academy. This is a group coaching program that I have wanted to start for so long and I am pumped. So from February to October of this cycle, we will be working as a cohort through the entire application process. The way that Academy works is we'll have three to four weekly sessions with myself and the other PA platform coaches where we will be teaching and doing group work and live personal statement editing, live mock interviews, question and answer, office hours, virtual shadowing, and just walking you through this entire PA school application process. We're going to start from your personal statement, choosing the programs, making a school list, getting your application ready before it opens in April on CASPA to getting you ready for interviews, what to do if you're hearing back, what to do if you're not. This is like our webinar series, but so much more intimate. Talking to students who have joined the program, it really seems like they are most excited for the accountability, the support, and the community through this process, and that is exactly what I wanted to offer. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I promise. And we're just going to have a good time getting to know each other and working through it together and learning from each other. I want you guys to learn from each other in the program. You can sign up at any time. The code, if you want $50 off of your registration, is HELLO24. And we would love to have you as part of our first cohort of Pre-PA Academy for this upcoming cycle. In today's episode, I have Emily joining us. She was in the Navy herself, and now she is an active duty spouse who is getting ready to start the Yale Online PA program. Her story is great. She has a lot of great advice, and I am so excited for you to hear from her. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. I want to thank My PA Resource and PA School Prep for sponsoring the Pre-PA Club podcast. So My PA Resource is a personal statement editing service that edits only PA school essays, only edited by PAs, and most of us have admissions experience. So I am one of the editors. Definitely check them out if you need help with your content, grammar, flow, making sure that you are on track for turning in your application. And you can use the code FUTUREPA for a discount on any of their service options. PA School Prep is an online course that focuses on the anatomy, physiology, and med terms that you'll need for PA school to make sure you feel confident going into that first semester and that you are able to handle what PA school throws at you. So check that out at paschoolprep.com and also use the code FUTUREPA for a discount there. Good morning. Welcome to today's episode. I realize you may not be listening in the morning, but that is when I am recording, which typically uh, mornings before my household gets going or when I'm sitting in the basement by myself with my microphone. So thanks for listening. This is Savannah, your host, um, Durham PA, PA platform founder, blogger, And I'm just happy to have you here, and I appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen to the podcast. Um, I know I get messages from you guys with people who have listened to every single episode, which is amazing, and I'm just so thankful 
which is appropriate because yesterday was Thanksgiving um, for you guys and for everything that y'all, you know, getting to hear from you guys about your acceptances and getting to hear all about um, just kind of your PA journeys. Like that is my favorite thing and why I started the PA platform in the first place. So I'm thankful for you guys. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving day. Um, Speaking of which, if you're listening to this in real time, Um, It's Black Friday, which is one of my favorite things as well. And of course, we have our PA platform um, Black Friday specials. So um, if you are listening, head over to the paplatform.com. We have our $100 mock interviews um, that are good for today only. And then also we have 50% off of the PA school interview course at prepacourses.com. And all, both of those are really helpful resources. I'll be talking about them more on Instagram, on social media today. Um, so if you have any questions, head over there and I'll try to get them answered for you. Um, or you can always send us an email. And to make sure you don't miss out on these types of deals, because we do this a couple times a year, um, make sure you're on our newsletter. So the paplatform.com slash newsletter will be the best place to make sure that you are not missing any deals or announcements or anything special that comes up. So, so happy to have you here. I'm excited for you to hear from Emily. So she reached out after she was accepted um, and wanted to share her story um, because she's someone who did not have a lot of flexibility in where she could go to PA school. So being an active duty military spouse, she moves around a lot. She said she moves around every three years with her husband's job. And so that would be very difficult to have a two-year-old and have to move and not be near them and not know where they're going. So um, she's actually said she was moving to San Diego a month before school was starting. And so we get into a lot of really great um, discussion, especially about her job as a hospital corpsman, which is really interesting. And I think I've talked to a few of those on the podcast before. Um, but Emily's great. She's very straightforward and has a lot of great advice. So we will jump into her interview and I hope you guys enjoy it and have a great weekend. All right. I feel like, like I'm back, back at, at like, interviews. Interview. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this, anyone who's involved in interview with me, this might sound a little identical. Yes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, my name is Emily. I'm from the Pacific Northwest, a little small town just north of Portland, Oregon, where I grew up there with my six brothers and sisters, and I joined the Navy right after high school. I got to go a little bit of everywhere, a little bit of the Middle East, Guantanamo Bay, Italy for 24 hours. Um, I met my now husband uh, in Pensacola, Florida, and we're now in Newport, Rhode Island with our two-year-old son and our dog, and we're going to be um, moving to San Diego at the end of the year, and I start PA school in January, so it'll be a lot of moving parts right before school starts. Yes, that is a lot, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but um, yeah, I would, mine, mine is two also, and yeah. it's fun, it's yeah. <laughs> a lot. Always changing. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, okay, so you went straight into the Navy after high school. Was that something you always wanted to do, or kind of what did that look like? Yeah, absolutely not. So okay. my 
the only person in my family that was in the military was my grandfather who was Air Force. So I really had no desire to go. Well, it's not like I didn't have a desire. I just, it didn't even cross my mind. Um, something like happened at the end of high school. I always knew I was going to go to medicine, but I did not go to a rigorous high school. You show up to class, pay attention, do the homework, you're going to get good grades. And so grades, good grades came easy to me because I did those things. And, um, but I didn't set myself up. I didn't have a mentor to set me up and all the things that I needed to do to apply to a rigorous graduate program, whatever that was going to be. So I just kind of on a whim decided to join the Navy. And it really was one of the best choices I made. I don't recommend joining on a whim, but, um, yeah, that's what I did. And I went, I wanted to like move back home after boot camp, but I ended up moving the opposite side of the country to Florida and I had an awesome time. I was only in for five years, but hindsight is always twenty twenty. but it really was a great experience. Um, yeah, I'd recommend it to people who are looking to get some unique medical experience, but uh, it's not for everyone, <laughs> but I definitely enjoyed it. Okay, so... Um, and just backtrack a little bit. So you said yeah. six brothers and sisters. Where do you fall in that? Yeah, so I am the second from the top. Okay. Uh, it's a blended family, but we blended when we were all so young. So we're really close, and we really don't even call each other steps at least. Um, but it's, there's seven of us. We have an accountant. We have we have an electrician. We have someone who works in farming. Like, we've got a little bit of everything. So now... Um, medicine, medicine is coming into the, you know, the group of everyone, so a little bit of everything. If you, if you always, like, have someone to call if we are, power goes out, <laughs> or we need help with something, we always have a resource. Nice. Okay, so, um, what was your role in the Navy? Yeah, so I, going in, I knew I wanted medical, again, I didn't know anything about the Navy, so I went to the recruiter and said I wanted to do medicine. He's like, all right, so, um, hospital corpsman, which is unique to the Navy and the Coast Guard, I don't know much about the Coast Guard, but Air Force and Army have medics, the Marine Corps has no medical service whatsoever, they're a part of the Navy, and so the Navy actually goes and, um, serves with, brings, brings that, that medical capability to the Marines, to where the uniform do all the Marine things, but their uniform says U.S. Navy on it. And so, in a very broad, very, very general sense, a hospital corpsman greets their patients in the waiting room, brings them back, um, takes their vitals, starts an initial soap note, and then brings those findings back to the provider, and then we'll come back and help the provider if need be. But again, that's very general. Corpsman can work... Literally anywhere. They can be uh, working in flight medicine, they can be divers, they can work on the front lines, rural clinics, major hospitals, um, hospital ships, aircraft carriers, anything. And on top of that, you can specialize. So I've uh, specialized as a surgical tech. We actually have another uh, prior appointment who was a lab tech in our cohort. And uh, so any tech you can think of. Corpsman pretty much can do it. Cardiovascular, preventive medicine, lab, respiratory, CT. Um, and also you can specialize, go, does it take a year and a half? Don't go on that. Train. You could become an independent duty corpsman. That's actually, the name's changed um, since World War II. But that's actually where the pay profession was derived from. And 
Uh, my, my husband's an IDC, what they call it, and they, they essentially are the PA. They, they just don't have the PA licensing, and maybe they have the new, the same thing. thing. They, they treat, come up with treatment plans, carry out treatment plans, diagnose, they do procedures, and on some platforms, they are the sole provider. They're there's, There's no, no physician, physician on the ship my husband's going to be going on, on but he doesn't have a supervising physician, but they're just on land. land. So, hospital equipment are awesome, they could do it all, and I could talk about them forever. So, well, I think I've talked to one or two before on the podcast, and, and some of the roles do seem very similar to PAs or other, you know, right. positions in medicine. So, it does seem very broad, but really great experience. Absolutely, and you're right, it is very broad, and just because I'm a surgical tech, there's hundreds of others out there, but all of our experiences could be very different depending on not only where we're stationed, but what doctor we work under. Like, we, part of the reason why I want to become a PA is, in the Navy, I could do anything really that the doctor was comfortable with me doing. Suturing, I did a lot of the nursing work as well, Foley's, and just a lot of other procedures that I... At least, At least I wasn't, wasn't able to do once I was a surgical tech outside of the Navy because our scope of practice was much more defined. But, but you're right, you can have a very broad, very diverse experience between so many different foremen. And I think it's again, a great experience for whatever future endeavors people want to pursue. Nice. Okay. So, at what point in those five years? Did you, I mean, did PA come up at all then, or was it kind of afterwards? Yeah, yeah, so, so like, like you, my, my dad was the one who introduced the profession to me. I said that lightly because he just kind of threw it out there one day when I was still in high school. Just asked if I had heard about the profession. And I was like, no, my dad, I'm going to medical school, whatever, and was an annoying teenager and moved on with my life. But because he like planted that in the back of my head, it really made me pay attention to all the PAs I worked really closely with in the military and outside of the military. So it was about maybe halfway into my five years that I kind of landed on PA. But my last duty station in the Navy, I was part of a fleet surgical team. And our, it's like a unit of just 16 of us. There's an admin, um, we have surgeon, anesthesia, ICU, and then surgeon, lab tech, lab tech x-ray, um, respiratory tech, and some like general ICU med surge equipment. And we're just this unit, and there are certain ships in the Navy, other than the big white hospital ships, that have operating rooms on them. And when those ships deploy, we hop on board and provide that surgical and critical care capability. And it was, because we were such a small team, we all relied really heavily on each other, and we really, obviously there was a level of respect, but we didn't really paid much mind to our level of education because we all trained together, we went to some trauma training, we did a lot together. So we all were very actively involved in our patient's care. And what was unique, I think, to my situation is I was used to seeing patients anesthetized. I never had a relationship with patients. And the patients on the ship were the same people we were living with and working with on the ship every day. And so that was, I think, really what sparked it for me. And then... Uh, once, uh, once we, once I got out of the Navy, I shadowed a PA I worked with uh, in the OR, and it just kind of was the final nail in the coffin for me. So that, like, solidified your decision. Yeah. yeah. So what did that process look like 
like post Navy, post decision, I want to be a PA. What were your next yeah. steps? Mm-hmm. So, so uh, because my husband's job, he moves every three years. years. And, and how often you move is dependent on what branch you're in and what job you have as well. And because I knew we move every three years, I didn't know where we were going to be when I was was able, able to apply to case school whenever that time was going to come. So, so uh, when, when we first got to Rhode Island, beginning of our three years, my, it was my, my goal to finish my undergrad and, and be able to uh, apply to TASPA. Um, but, but the beginning of that three years, we got pregnant. It only takes you know, one time off birth control. And we always wanted kids, but at the same time, like, I had this whole plan mapped out and it was... You know, it's going to work out perfectly, but then, then my plan, plan like went, went to crap, crap and it was, it was definitely a stressful moment, few like, like moments in my life, but I really could not have planned it out any better um, because we had our son and having my son and the limited daycare options where we currently are on top of the very limited school schedule at the local university. It just, I needed to find another way to get my schooling done. And for some reason, I... Never, never even considered an online uh, bachelor's degree because when, when I first started like researching how to get into K school, it was not nearly as accepted as it is now to have online classes. And even some schools aren't as accepting with online labs. I know more are. But anyway, so I was finally like a light bulb in my head. Like, why have I never considered online school? So I. Signed up for school, was able to knock out all my classes um, within a year and a half, applied to CASPA this cycle, and it really could not have worked out any better. <laughs> but yeah, I had a whole spreadsheet, like everyone, I recommend everyone doing that, a whole spreadsheet of every PA school that I could possibly be living next to, and but at the same time, having a son and switching over to online schools when I learned about the online. It, it really, it really just answered all of the what is I had in my mind. Like, like I knew uh, this, this next duty station, station my husband will be deploying, and, and it will be probably around nine months. And so all of our families on the West Coast. So in my mind, okay, how am I going to be on this night surgical rotation with the sun, with my husband deployed, no family nearby? Am I going to hire a living nanny? Like, that's not affordable for everyone. But with the online... I could foresee those, those potential issues and be able to move back home if needed. Like, like the program has, has that option, and, and that was just a real saving grace. And, and but, but thankfully, we uh, found that we're, that we're moving to San Diego near our in-laws, and it's just again, I could not have planned it any better. So hopefully, it continues this smoothly. But we'll see. Of course, it will. Okay, so you completed all your classes. When you were completing classes, at that point, was was Yale, like, the goal? Like, you decided, okay, this is kind of what I'm shooting for? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so it definitely was me putting, putting all my eggs in one basket. But at the, at the time, time, again, we didn't, we didn't know, know where we were going yet. yet. Um, but if we were going to be in Washington, I was also going to apply to medics. If we were in Virginia, I was going to apply to Eastern Medical School. You know, like, I would apply to at least two schools. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but in San Diego, Diego there's, there's no schools. I think maybe, maybe one's provisional, provisional or something, or something yeah. coming up. Um, so, um, so I was, um, if, if I didn't get accepted to Yale, I was going to try and knock out an online organic chemistry and try to apply to that. So I'm um, didn't have to do that. But yes, Yale was my number one, always in my basket. And 
Okay, so um, did you do their like early application process? Because I know they're one of the only schools that really does that. Right. right. And, and honestly, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if it makes a difference. What, what that, that really means? Yeah. I, the only just. just I'm sure, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, later but, but I was definitely, definitely active on the forum, forum which, which you need to be careful of, of um, right. on the PA forum. forum. But I, like, again, there's not like an official, if you have it done by the state, you're going to know by the state. Right. But there definitely was an early deadline, and I think, I'm sure COVID had, no one wants to talk about COVID, but I'm sure COVID played a part in so many more people applying. I think And because if you got your application early, they had less applications to go through, and so they were able to get through them sooner. And so you could definitely see a trend on the forum, the space in between, what's it called, like your verification on PESPA, we got your email has... Receive your, your application, and, and then, then they're interviewed by oral rejection or something. That, that space in between each notification has gotten longer. Gotcha. Um, so so it, there, there was definitely, definitely I'm sure it's like this with every school that has rolling admissions. admissions. There's, There's definitely a benefit, benefit to, to submitting early. And I, and I think, I don't know if the, the competition, competition I would think is still the same, but you're fighting for more seats in the beginning. At the end, there might be only five to ten seats left. I don't know. So it's... Definitely, Definitely a benefit, benefit I think, anywhere, anywhere to, to apply early. Unless, Unless there's not rolling, then I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter as much. So. so what do you think? So, like, I'm, like just thinking about you applying to Yale, like, you obviously had some good online class experience, which I think would be helpful. You have really great just patient care experience. Um, and, like, you definitely have, like, valid reasons for wanting to do a I guess, distance learning online <laughs> program. Um, but what else, like, talk to me about your application. What made you stand out? What was helpful to you? Um, and kind of what that looked like. Absolutely. So, so I, I think, think, I definitely have grades. grades. Um, I like 3.7 GPA. And I really think having the online experience was huge because one of the um, – Yale, Yale online, at least for the cycle, they had three, three supplementals, and one, and one of them did specifically ask about our online education experience and how we were able to tackle, how do we think we can tackle an online program, and I was able to speak to that because I was, it wasn't just an online program, I was taking fast-paced courses and multiple courses at one time, and so I really got to speak to that, and I think, I think that was, that was a huge advantage. advantage. I, really I really think the personal, personal statement, like you said, is such a huge, huge component just to get an interview because you take, you take, you know, a crappy personal, personal statement away, so many, so many more people, people I think would be getting interviews because a lot, a lot of us have the grades, a lot of us have the experience, and and I started working on my. Like just really working on my personal statement in October, and I was. I'm really, really like, like not, not everyone I'm sure needs that much, that much time, time but for me I, I really was going back and forth between two different stories I was going to use and I was, was so worked, worked up on trying to like use the coolest, coolest story and have this cool intro, intro and then, but, I but I was after I would write the intro and I'm like I can't, I can't try this, this. I can't tie this to anything to my YPA it's just a cool story maybe it'll get brought up in my interview 
yeah. if, I, if I get one. Um, so, um, so I, I ended up switching, switching to the other, other story, story which, which I think was actually cooler, cooler in the end, end but, but it was able to flow so much nicer with my, with my personal statement. statement. And I think taking as much time on my personal statement or taking as much time on the rest of my application as I did on my personal statement, I think, showed them that I was serious about it. Again, I cannot speak to what they were thinking, but... I think, I think Jane, Jane said on the last, last like, few podcasts to go, to go with you, like, yes, yes it, might it might be annoying that they have three supplemental essays, but at hindsight, I'm really grateful because I was able to expand on so much more that I didn't get to talk about in my personal statement. Some of the things that I saw as potential red flags on my application, I was able to kind of highlight them and make them a positive. So, yeah, I just... It was a lot. Castle was a lot, but I actually started my Castle. I made a Castle account like three or four years ago because I just didn't do anything but fill out like my demographics and stuff. But I did not want to be unfamiliar with any component once it was finally my turn to apply. Like I wanted, and I wanted to prepare and get as much on my head as I could because I wanted to apply early. Um, um, even, before even before I knew I was, I was playing the Yale, I just wanted, I knew I, knew I wasn't, wasn't going to get it done on the first day, um, but I knew I, I, knew I could get my personal statement and the experiences, the descriptions, I did not realize how long it would take. that would take. I thought I would just write out some bullets, but I'm like, that's not going to work. So I put some time into that in my... The three, the three supplemental, supplemental essays took a while to write, to write. and you actually think were the one who uh, edited, edited my supplementals and stuff. So it was, again, again I think just really taking the time and not rushing um, really, really helped in the end, I like, I like to think. But I'm, but I'm sure, sure my experience had gave me a lot to talk about. Well, I think supplemental, like people underestimate supplementals, and some of these schools have very, very intense and long ones. Right. Like, really? I mean, yeah, like they'll have, you know, like three or four that are like 5,000 character oh, limits. Oh, yeah. um, like yeah. They're very long, but you don't have to use all that space, but like it's it can be a lot. And so when someone applies yeah. to 10 or 20 schools that has that all have supplementals, like that is wild and way too much, um, which it does. Like you can take a lot of what you write and like make it work for different ones because a lot of them act, like talk about the similar okay. things, but um, but yeah, I mean, supplementals take a long time. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. And I, I kind of, I got lucky, lucky with, with it because, because again, again, because, because I, was I was kind of doing, doing my research, research the, first the first and second year, year I think Yale Online, Online had, their had their own platform. They were not on Casper. You know, I know for sure the first year. That's true. Yeah. They haven't always been on Casper. So I was able to kind of go in there and look through their application and I copied and pasted. Pieces their supplementals, supplementals. And, I and I knew there was, there was a risk that, that it would not be the same when it came my turn. And I even called and asked if it was going to be the same. They're like, well, it is subject to change. I'm like, okay, well, I'm still going to prepare and kind of do an outline. And that definitely helped me. They did change a little bit from previous cycles, but just research comes in handy. Like, doing research ahead of time if you're able to do that. So I think that saved me a lot of time because I was able to kind of brainstorm. Um, what, um, I what I was going to talk about. about so. So. No, that's a great tip, and that's something right now that people are struggling with because people feel like they can't find experience, and so I've right. been telling people 
you know, find things that you can work on, whether that's your essay, your supplementals, mm -hmm. like things that, yes, maybe you can't go out and do your volunteering, but like work on other things so that when it's available, you can go do that again. So, absolutely. 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 Totally agree. So, um, when, who did you interview with? Jordan. Jordan. Oh, oh. Um, oh, yeah. for you? Yeah. Oh, you did a mock interview with Jordan? Yeah. Yeah, because that's what I was like, yeah. Jordan. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if I could say, say who they were, they were yet because they're, they're still doing interviews, interviews okay. right, right now. now. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I will say, so we, so have, we two have two interviews. interviews. One, is one is more academic, academic one is a personal. Yeah. And, and you can schedule them on the same day or two different days, whatever you want to do based on the availability. But one interview. Was, was very, very personal, or very, very, very uh, conversational, conversational, like, so conversational to the point I was concerned, concerned like, in my mind, my mind I was wondering, do I need, do I need to be answering my full rehearsed answers, answers or, or, or am I just chatting, you know? You know? And then my second interview, person was very, very kind, kind, but it was, but it was ask a question, answer, answer. Oh, nice answer. Ask a question, I answered. Oh, great, great example. example. And, like, and like the whole time, time. and I smiled, but, but it was very, very and, and at that, at that point, point, I was, am I talking, am I talking too much? Because like, like, they, they just had no, had no feedback, feedback compared to the first one. But thankfully it went well, but I found out from a current student that the less conversational interviewer does it on purpose. Like they weren't being mean or bad prop or anything, but it was, they're very, very kind of don't, don't give you any feedback, feedback on this stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, I, um, you may have seen this, but I did a like mock interview with, um, James Van Ree and, oh, no, is that who you did it with? I didn't watch. Yeah. So he, okay. it was well. him. He interviewed me and, um, Beth Smolka, who's the AAPA president, and she works with a different program, Frostburg. Um, but I, and I've, I interviewed him for the podcast, and yeah, yeah. Jane um, came on for, I guess, the conference. I don't know. But they are, like, I love, like, I was, I'll be honest, like, I was a Yale online skeptic for a little oh, while, oh, yeah. like, yeah, when it awesome. first started. Um, mm -hmm. But after like talking to students and talking to them, like I now I'm I'm a fan. Like I'm like this yeah, is yeah. legit. This is a great program. Y'all aren't playing around. <laughs> um, and now everyone just has to do online anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what. And Jim was so funny. He was like, and now everyone like they were all they were all haters, but now they all want my advice. <laughs> I, I absolutely, absolutely. Like, so, so I was definitely a skeptic at first. Yeah. Like, I think I first, I first came, came across it on your Instagram. Instagram. You like you put like a question out there, there asking, how do you feel about online? online? I was like, no, no, yeah. don't <laughs> even. And then, but once you do your research, you really look into it. It's like, wow, this and speak to current students other than those who are really popular on social media. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's convincing. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced, convinced, obviously. And I, I think, and they have, like, a really great faculty team. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and there are, I'm sure, there, there are challenges to in-person classes. There are challenges, there are challenges to any class. So, um, I just, yeah, I, I'm, I think it's a great program. So, yeah, yeah so, so do I. do I. And, and you're, you're right, right, like, it, you, you, remember, like, you asked Macy this. this. Yeah. He's like, like, like a, uh, she was in the first class, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and she even said, said like, there's certain, certain people who will be a great, great fit for online schooling, and some people who just aren't, and that doesn't mean they're not a great candidate. It's just some people do better. They, yeah. they need that in person, in, person, in, the, in the classroom, and, and yeah. yeah, so I, and I think, and I think the, the online is, like, 
Forcing, forcing people online, online is, is showing, showing them, them maybe, maybe I shouldn't should be applying to this program, program or maybe I should, I should consider, consider that program. That program. Yeah. So, so it's, I think, I think kind of forcing, forcing people to, people to experience, experience the online, the online school. school. Yeah, no, it is. And that's talking <laughs> since I've been doing interviews with some PA students since when things changed around April, May, like it's been interesting because some have adjusted great and love <laughs> the new format and others have said like, no, I'm struggling. This is not for me. Like yeah. I yeah. don't do well with this. So um, it's, it's interesting and it's, it's different for sure. But is there anything you're concerned about or kind of nervous about with doing it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So not No, I completely agree. Um, was there any like red flags on your application that they brought up or that you were worried about them bringing up? Yeah, yeah. not necessarily. I was worried about volunteering. Compared to some, I have like no volunteering. I think I had maybe 50 hours and it was within like the last year from applying. And it just the only, the only positive, positive I feel like it could have brought from that, that was it was consistent for a year at one place. place. And, and but, instead but instead of, but I was prepared, prepared to talk about that if they did bring it up. Um, but um, but I, I used uh, my, volunteering my volunteering in one of my supplementals. Like I essentially talked about all my, that one experience in my entire essay. And I never said, I know I only have, have this much, much but, but I didn't, I didn't even go there. there. I just talked about my learning, learning experience from there and what I gained and how I could apply that as a gay and as a human being in my clinic. And I kind of was able to tie that same story into an interview question. And I think thankfully it didn't get brought up. And I think the other red flag I was kind of worried about is 
PA, PA or Yale, or Yale online, online has expressed one of the great one of things, about, things about, the about the program is their outreach and how they're able to reach so many people who can't or don't want to uproot their family and move to a PA school somewhere. And, and a lot of studies have shown, and they talk about this, the directors, that if you're, if you're trained in your home community, you're most likely going to stay in your home community. And I'm, and I'm definitely, definitely not that person. person. You know, I move every three years. So instead, so instead of talking about that, I kind of bragged and highlighted the beauties of being able to move so often and learn about, learn about different communities and um, my, network, my network. And even if I get stationed overseas, there's opportunities for me to work on naval bases as a PA. And so I just really tried to, any potential negatives that I saw, just, just put them out, them out there, there and make them a highlight. So, so yeah. I didn't have a few like withdrawals, but that really was easily, was easily explained, explained and whatnot. And, whatnot. and so, so they did they did ask me why why I had so many transcripts, but because I said earlier, I for the longest time I just had it in my head that I had to get my undergrad in a traditional brick and mortar school. And so because we moved all the time, I was constantly transferring and not every school accepts every school's credit. So I had six or seven transcripts in Casco and that was tedious. But that did get brought up why I had so many schools. But again, it was easily explained and thankfully didn't seem like it was an issue. Yeah, nice. One of my classmates actually went and worked